This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can watch all your favorite 323 friends and shows on the 323 Network YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media platforms at 323read. And support us as we continue to grow at patreon.com slash 323read. That's 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy. And this is, of course, a great, joyous Ricks versus Gricks Friday. Gotta always love these shows. And yet, gotta always love the two that come with it. And yes, we do have the full trio back again after last week's weird having to, you know, sidestep the show for a god-awful Bears-Commanders Thursday night game, which is, you know, no excuse for not doing it on the normal time, but we're back. We're back. We're better than ever. And I introduce these two. I always give them the same thing. I call Scott Lovely. Zoo's beautiful. You can catch their shows. Scott, of course, of the 323 College Shame Day. You can catch that anywhere you get podcasts. The 323 Network on YouTube. And Zahir Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. You can catch it wherever you get your podcasts. And you should. Fantastic content they're putting out. But I introduce them today as two... Lovely, wonderful figures who can just help break the monotony of a week. And I say this because we have multiple group chats that are just all over the place. We can be talking on Snapchat and Facebook Messenger at the same time. And I just want to give them my appreciation because it's a it's the weeks get stressful, right? Like, especially this particular week. Not only do you have the stress and the horrors of the world, like everything you're watching uh, Sunday football, you know, the one and in between the one o'clock and the four o'clock games, the CBS breaking news comes on. It's showing everything that's happening, uh, you know, between Israel and Palestine and the horrors and atrocities of the world. And just that can stress you out. Apocalyptic weather will stress you out. Politics and Mitch McConnell just freezing and realizing that's your leader's are right there just freezing in the middle of whatever they're saying. Then, you know, I, I can get blown up from text messages and emails from work, family, everything can just overwhelm you. But the one thing somehow that I always stop for is a chat into this hashtag canceled group that we have. And because I know it will always either be complaints about something in football or just the most mindless memes and shit posting that you can get from these two where I'm overwhelmed and stressed by my day. And then zoo sends in something where you have to find dog in a crossword or something of <laughs> just all D's O's and G's. It's Did wonderful. You find it? I, 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 if it's diagonal, I think I found it. If you, yeah, can you do that. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. Because that just took me away from my day, whatever I was doing <laughs> in that moment. That's all I was doing. <laughs> so I appreciate these two, and I love having them on all the time. It is great to have you guys here, and we have plenty to get into. Not only just like, I mean, we got football-wise. I just saw those hearts come out of you, and I don't know how that – do it again. Am I? Can I do it? If I do hearts, whoa, 
I think it's a oh, it's Whoa. a new Mac feature. Look at that. Oh, fuck Scott. Oh, is it because I'm white? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. I did something oh, during last week's show where, like, all of a sudden, you did a yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, the thumbs up came up. Look at that. Yeah, we got confused. We're like, how the hell that Man. happened? It was terrifying. Yeah. What happens if you do the peace sign? What? Ah. Yeah. It's a new <laughs> Apple feature. <laughs> if you do that, does something come up? I don't know. No, no middle fingers. Oh, oh there's birds that come up. Nothing you can <laughs> see on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the three two three network on YouTube. If you want to see the uh, absolute stupidity of our of our trio here, if this doesn't prove the case of everything Reed just said, I don't know what will. <laughs> but look, there's so much. We we're gonna be getting really into football. But I mean, you got everything. All the sports are just about back now. NBA season is about to kick off. Uh, I believe NHL just kicked off last night or the night before. Uh, baseball playoffs are in full force and they're wild and all the star teams are leaving and we couldn't possibly really care because (laughs) I'm not, I don't know anything about the Texas Rangers. Why do I want to watch them in the championship series? I don't, I don't give a shit. Although shout out to our boy, the Philly captain, John McCann, who I thought about trying to get on tonight as the guest picker and then realize that the Phillies are playing tonight as we record and there's not a chance. Or we could just get the most inaudible shit that we could possibly get of John giving us game picks from the middle of the Phillies crowd. But maybe that's next week. Maybe we can get the Phillies owner if he's sitting with them like he likes to uh, pop off. But no, we get into NFL. And we're entering NFL Week 6. And before we get into any picks, we're now into that heat of the season where we're getting close to you know, uh, trade deadline talk and, you know, we're almost halfway through the season, which we will update our red solo cup of destiny when we get to that halfway point, but that's talk for another day. That's hope for another day. No, what we're going to get into right here is the very first thing that we started with. And I need to watch these thumbs up apparently, because (laughs) we're going to talk about the trade deadline. Now that we're about to be six games through teams are finding themselves at desperate points or they're finding themselves in points where there's not really any coming back teams that are one and four you're not really going to see much hope for them to make a big playoff run it's been almost near statistically impossible that teams ever make the playoffs at that rate even with the expanded playoffs so you're going to see some possible fire sales especially once we get gms and coaches fired So, Scott brought this up, and I'm happy he did, because it's always an interesting thing to talk about. So, we'll start with him here, of just with NFL trade speculation. We've seen plenty of things regarding different players, different teams. What has interested you the most? What trades do you think could happen, and what trades would you like to see happen? Um, I think they're going to be more quarterback-centered at this point. Um. As many know, Kirk Cousins is going to be an unrestricted free agent going into next year. He does have that trade clause worked in the contract with the Vikings. So I'm interested to see if they're able to, A, even find a suitor for him, and B, if Kirk would want to leave, or if he'd rather just say, no, screw you, I'll wait to have my pick next year kind of situation. Um, I think, especially when you see all the issues going on in Pittsburgh right now at the quarterback position, and Kirk was linked to Pittsburgh years ago, 
I'd be very interested to see if Mike Tomlin and Pittsburgh try to make a reach for him. Cause I think that could, I could see that being a team that Kirk would be okay with pulling the trigger on a trade, especially with how much craziness is going on a in the AFC North and then B just in the AFC in general. That's a really interesting one. Actually. I hadn't even thought about that because you, like you said, Pittsburgh is all of a sudden a shocking number one in that division. Right. And Mike Tomlin likes his Midwestern white quarterbacks. Uh, was get... that my before season division pick or what? <laughs> <laughs> and then another two is moving Kyler. I really feel like Kyler's going to get moved from Arizona to the XFL. <laughs> XFL. No, I have. I actually am interested to see if they would deal with that him to Atlanta, and that way they can further just throw their hat into the tanking ring and like we traded for Ritter. We gave him a chance, but at least that way. He's not giving you the best chances to win any kind of football games. And then Kyler's off in a run-heavy offense anyways, so just throw him over there. Or even seeing if um, with the Bears lined up at right now picking number one, number two, and all signs are pointing that they're going to try to draft Caleb Williams, what if they were to try to move Justin Fields right now, move him to Atlanta? He's from Georgia. I'm sure that would be a huge boost to their market down there. It's a fresh start for him. But I think it's going to be some interesting quarterback trades potentially. Zoo, how are you feeling about these? I think you said them in the order of them being the most enticing. The the Kirk to Steelers really makes sense. Um, they do have a backup that they drafted already, and it kind of gives them the opportunity to find somebody else in the draft. But with their standings, they may have to trade up to get somebody that they like. It would be a fresh slate for Vikings. I know there was stuff about like um, a repeat of the Stefan Diggs situation where Jefferson may want to go somewhere else where there's more of a push in the playoffs. Uh, so if the Vikings wanted to reset, I mean, they have a doo-doo defense anyways. So that would be this would be a good time for them to do so and actually get draft picks on like what Washington did back in the day. So yeah, that that one definitely is enticing. I don't see the other ones happening as much because like with Kyler's I like I get he's a good quarterback at times, but like he's also injury prone too. So it's like do the Cardinals even like the number that they would get for him? Uh sure Josh Dodds is looking okay, but I don't know. The the other ones just have a lot of hmm to it, but I I I like that Kirk Cousins one. I like that Kirk Cousins one a lot. I think that would make a lot of sense for Pittsburgh because you're not really – I don't know what's happening with Kenny Pickett there. You're still seeing those flashes like you had at the end of the season last year where he has those really clutch moments that are wild to see. You just had it against Baltimore, but I don't – I have a lot of confidence in that Pittsburgh team with a better quarterback. And I mean, that's been the issue with them for you know a few years now, even with Big Ben, but – Kirk would really elevate that team. Kirk would elevate some team, and you need, especially now you're losing Justin Jefferson, what's the point? You know, get as much as you can out of him. And he gave the media a pretty good non-answer yesterday when asked if he would waive his no-trade clause. Uh, But what about on your respective teams? Because right now, Washington is 2-3, and and... I mean, it you you don't nothing feels great after you get your ass kicked by the Bears, but they're still two and three. 
with a defense that somehow leads the league in sacks and pressures, yet is also dead last in everything else, which is crazy. But their offense has promise. So, Zoo, I don't know how would you feel about Washington trying to make a play either for a linebacker, some secondary help, or even O-line help. O-line help feels like it would be the most pressing thing. Yeah, O-line would definitely be the biggest one with Gibson being the most, the person that I'm most comfortable with trading up for it. I don't really have too much to, to really add because everybody else is either, they're really high profile, but at the same time, we're not producing. So Gibson is in that sweet spot of he could be successful in another system. He has a lot of upside to him. Um, maybe someone will buy him the new gloves that'll get him to stop dropping the ball. Uh, and we have such terrible luck with second round picks. Like I'm down to trade him in a couple of seconds to get a a genuinely good tackle because I'm tired of seeing Leno and Wiley on their asses and Sam having to scramble even though nobody's there. I mean, part of this deadline is desperation, right? That's That can feel like a big portion of it a lot of the time, especially with like fantasy leagues but it translates to the actual NFL. And Scott, I don't know if you have teams like, I mean, Washington is a good candidate on when you're thinking about desperation and a coach slash coach GM who knows that his time is really numbered. And there are plenty of that in the NFL right now. You've got Brandon Staley with the Chargers and Tom Telesco, their GM. Uh, there are plenty that are just feeling that burn Tampa. I don't know if that hot seat could come back. They're off to a three and one start, which is insane. That's more, that's so much better than we thought you gave them four wins as a top (laughs) everything. Four wins could feel good this season. You're about to possibly get that. Do you see Tampa trying to make any moves to like really, solidify some playoff hope because it really looks like they could take that division now and, you know, actually fight some of these teams. Right. I mean, I honestly feel it all comes down to Baker and if he's going to continue his production now, I mean, depending on what school of thought you want to go after, whether it's traditional QBR passer ratings or what have you, you know, Baker's falling in that five to six to top 10 quarterback right now so that's more than anybody i think expected out of him i think this change of scenery has it helped him a lot um i think injuries is what's going to come down to the bucks i know mike evans is still nursing that hamstring injury um and the the defensive back depth is still really really stout i don't really see anything of you know dire need except for just o-line depth you know especially for tampa but I mean, when you have talents like a Chris Godwin and like a Mike Evans and the value that they still hold and you could easily get out of a team like what's a team that I know needs a clear number one wide receiver, Carolina. You know, if you got in the phone with Carolina for Mike Evans, especially since they lost DJ Moore, you know, you can probably get a lot out of them. Well, somebody I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys thoughts on them would be one of the big names that have been especially today has been Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos and you said the Carolina Panthers they're a big one that they have it's been very clear that they want to get a number one wide receiver 
Not like they didn't already have one, but they need one now. And you see guys like you've had names like T Higgins pop up in some circles because I mean, more than likely you're not going to be able to extend him after the season as good as he is. And not with Jamar there too. No, not with Jamar and just getting the, you know, the Joey B extension there. But Jerry Judy is another one. Cortland Sutton is the teammate there, but he is the pretty much clear number one and still the clear number one. Jerry Judy hasn't really lived up too much to his draft status and the fucking glory that he was at Alabama. He was awesome there. And I'm curious you guys' thoughts on if he could be a top-tier trade target or somebody that we definitely see moved. But I will first go to the NFL Network. And Steve Smith, Steve Smith Sr., Mighty Mouse, he gave his thoughts on Jerry Judy and isn't totally in love with them, to say the very least. A short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by and Steve called out to him I called and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because uh, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. Just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Rob and Bucky, you can was you can ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you are an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and ask him, should they trade for you? I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. (laughs) Not the most glowing recommendation. That you're not wrong. Get. He should be wearing a Norton shirt because man, was that salty. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you saw Jerry Judy play. I mean, you're you're our college football expert. Jerry Judy is one of, I think, he's one of my favorite wide receivers that I've watched play college football. His agility is insane. I thought that he was going to translate incredibly well to the NFL if he, you know, he at least bulked up a little bit. But that production has not come at all. He's, he has not come anything close to his Alabama level. Do you think it's a problem with Denver, or do you think that he could get traded here at the deadline, go somewhere like Carolina or somewhere where some type of offensive guru can really utilize them and get something out of Judy? Do you think it's still there, or is he just, is he just a jag? He To me, he's just a jag. I am very disappointed with his production. Like you said, those last – Two years he was with Alabama. I think he posted well over 1,100 yards receiving, double-digit touchdowns most years. So coming out of school and going to Denver, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. He's going to be, you know, top talent in the AFC West where it's always, you know, really high-scoring games. 
But I think a lot of it has to do with just the inept offense they've been running in Denver for one. And then you're seeing just a lackluster performance from Russ last year, especially. And then also like injuries, like he is so injury prone. It's not even funny. I think he's had like eight or nine injuries since coming into the league in 2020. So I think if he were to go anywhere, it has to be like, he has to go somewhere with off, like an offensive mind and he has to kind of, he can't be, I don't think he can be the number one clear wide receiver on that board. He's at best a two, but I I'm right there with Steve having him being like the a wide receiver three at this point. We do have live response from Jerry Judy himself. Hey Jerry. At, at the Broncos <laughs> Broncos chiefs Thursday night football. Uh, and again, go to the three, two, three network, subscribe on YouTube to really catch the glory of this. Cause it's not a vocal response, but the conversation keeps going and Jerry Judy makes himself and his presence known as he needs to be. He needs to go ahead and make the right decisions all the time. And so by, I got some tape to really show you if he can hit a wide receiver. That, that is him dancing and just yelling in the background. That's that's If anything, that's just further solidifying Steve Smith's point. I've got uh, three options for him. What do you got? Texans, Colts, or Saints. I really like the Texans wide receiver core right now. That young core of Nico Collins and Tank Dell and um uh Robert oh, Woods. Well Robert Woods but oh, Robert Woods and um there's a guy they drafted last year. Noah Brown. There. Not Noah Brown. John John Mechie. John Mechie uh, was third, who I think could still – he was coming off a really bad injury last year. I think he could still really produce eventually. Saints, I still have a lot of faith in Chris Olave. Uh, So do I, but we're talking about him being a second, maybe a third, right? I mean, So if Olave's your main guy and you just have Judy off on the side. Yeah, he would be a really strong third. That would be a really strong third or even give Michael Thomas mm. more room to just work, you know, his slant boy stuff up the middle. Colts could utilize him. Colts could use him. With Pittman yeah. and Downs already there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Baltimore, shit, Baltimore can always use a receiver. An incredible amount of drops last week that wound up in losing their game. They could use some. Well, I mean, you don't really want Jerry Judy for that. Well, see, and this is the issue that comes up. It's, I mean, we see this a lot more, especially with fantasy, when you have to start trying to pick players. I feel like the wide receiver position group is so deep. Like, you can't do anything to mess up to be some social pariah because then you're not going to get a chance. So I, it's just trying to rack my brain to see, figure out where he could go that would be the perfect situation for him. I do like the Saints. I do like that. All right, any final thoughts before we go into uh, Ricks versus Gricks? Ooh, Devontae Adams is going to get dealt. I'm calling it. Whoa. <laughs> to where? Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry are going to be leaving. Derrick Henry is an interesting one because they were having that talk before the season started about him possibly getting moved. We talked about that in the preseason show. The rookie, is it Tajay Spears or TJ Spears? Spears. Yeah. Finally starting to take off a little bit. I could that could be an interesting move. And he's still producing. He's healthy right now. Yep. Do you think Devontae will go to the Saints? <laughs> Devontae's made it very clear he is not happy with what they're doing in Vegas. And I feel oh, yeah. whoever they try to 
they're going to have to find somebody who has a lot of capital to just throw to get Devontae Adams. It's just I mean, of... he went to Vegas to work with this guy, Derek Carr, maybe. Follows him there. Yeah. Zoo's just going to have everybody on the Saints. Zoo's going to make <laughs> the Saints a super team. <laughs> Listen, it, it's already been established. It's just nothing but funny money down in New Orleans. It's not real. So they just get whoever they want. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's already been established. Oh, look. My point stands that they could use another big wide receiver. Think the Patriots going to trade Bill Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's get in. Let's go ahead and get into these Ricks versus Gricks, and we are going to we're going to immediately <laughs> talk about Bill Belichick. This is a topic I wanted to get into. <laughs> so, Emily Sissel, bring that heavenly music. Life, death, time, space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Ricks versus Gricks. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks. Griffin is lost somewhere in this ethereal background that we call space. I still haven't hidden him in there. I need to get on that. We'll get to him one day. Or he's really well hidden. He could be really well hidden. You never know. We have a great lineup of games this week. Last week, Zoo went 4-2. and two. The rest of us, me, Scott, Luis, we all went 3-3, three and three, of course. You can always get Luis's picks on the Instagram. The social media is at 323-REID. Zoo is still leading the pack to become the new Grick. He is 21-9 and nine right now. Scott, starting to catch up a little bit, though. 18 and 12. So Luis and I, we are both 14 and 16. But we're going to get there. We're still going to get in there. I mean, shit, I just need seven. I can go 6 and 0 this week. I, and I will go 6 and 0 this week. I'm telling you right now. I felt good as hell about it when I made my picks. Uh, what is, what's the time? 21 minutes ago on the fly. <laughs> Our first game, just like I teased, we have the New England Patriots, who are 1 and 4 at the Las Vegas Raiders, who are two and three. And man, it has been nonstop talk this week about the Patriots in that situation there in New England. Like it has been, everybody's been trying to think. They get blown out last week, literally shut out 34 to nothing. The week before they lose, I think 37 to three. And it's the two worst losses of Belichick's career back to back. He has been, what is it, I think 26 and 29 since Tom Brady left the Patriots. It's insane. And so you're starting to see everything crumble. You don't know if the game is passing him by, if Brady is what really made things happen there. And as wild as it is to think of, as much of a legend as he is, Bill Belichick getting fired at the end of the season, because I don't think it would ever happen anywhere near, anywhere before the end of the season. And he wouldn't get actually fired. I'm sure it would be like, hey, he's stepping away. And we're stepping Mutually away. Mutually agreed to part ways. Exactly. It can't be an idea totally out of the question. Because you're looking at what is probably going to be like five wins, maybe six, maybe six at the most this season. They're awful. And he's an incredible coach. And I still 
think he is to this day, and I think he would be a great coach for whoever he would wind up with. But as a GM, awful. He's been awful lately. Maybe awful the entire time, but he's been awful the last so many years. And he's been doing that half-rebuild thing since Brady left, and it's not working, and everything is starting to crumble now. And it's not like it's unheard of. Tom Landry was fired by the Dallas Cowboys when Jerry got in there, and that, I mean, there's still boomers today who complain about that. <laughs> and it's cutthroat, and it's cold, but it's business at the NFL, and it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of league. And what has he done for them lately? Not shit. So... As we get into these picks, Scott, and you you were around for the whole, you know, start of the Belichick dynasty and everything, everything that he's done there for New England. Can you see this being the final year of Bill in New England? If it keeps going this way, absolutely. I think if he were to turn it around and they end up going like 500, getting a wild card, he might be able to squeak out a couple other years. But I think the the, the Patriot way is is – going off in the sunset at this point. Now, how do you have this game going against your fabled Raiders? Oh, Raiders are still going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not even up for question. <laughs> uh, Zoo, who do you take here, the uh, Patriots or the Raiders? And I will give you the line here. That's what I always forget, the... Raiders are favored three. here. Yeah, they're favored. I've got on Vegas. VegasInsider.com has them at a minus two and a half. Yeah, I look at the, the picks can pick them ratios for percentages picked. Um, I feel like it might be a little bit more competitive just because the Raiders are kind of on a short week. But I feel like the Patriots are going to find some way to shoot themselves in the foot. It's going to be close in a low-scoring game. I'll give it to the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree too much. I'm taking the Raiders in this one also. They're not for real, but they're for real this week. And I always forget because I watched that awful Monday night game. I was watching the Manning cast of it. It's a perfect thing for the Manning cast. But I always forget until I'm watching a Raiders game just how awesome Max Crosby is and how much of like a rabid dog he is coming off every single play. I think he's going to devour that New England O-line. I think he's going to cause so much havoc for Mac Jones, who I, I low-key feel bad for. He has regressed incredibly. It's been so bad and no receiver help, which is also Bill the GM. And to answer that question, I – I don't know if Bill will get fired or leave outright. I think that the GM, Belichick, needs to be let go. And if he can't concede that power, then you have to fire him outright. It has to be ended. But I don't know. I like to think that Belichick can hand over some of the power and, you know, just want to focus on coaching. He's getting up there. Shit, just focus, you know, focus on the shit that already makes, like, John Fox have a stroke on the sideline. Just the coaching. You don't need to do the GM part, too. I just look at these AFC teams, and I'm like, how could he make a turn to make it to 500 in a wildcard contender? Well, and also, well, also... How much has to go wrong for that to be a possibility right now? <laughs> well, and also, he's trying to get that, that Don Shula record. He's like 18 games short of that. And at the rate that that team's going, that could be like 
any other year, any other time, you would have thought that he could get that in like you know like two seasons flat. That could be like a four year process now, just trying to get eighteen wins. Crazy what that's come down to, but I Loki love it. It's so good to see. Scott's not a Patriots fan anymore, so he doesn't have to worry about no, it. No, I enjoy it because I like talking shit to my brothers. But no, the <laughs> Patriots are a low-key trade destination that I actually have for Jerry Judy at this point. Having Getting that connection back with Mac Jones, being under Bill Belichick, trying to get some kind of revitalization of his career. But God, the way we'll he the way he plays just feels like a, uh, perf- a perfect New England wide receiver. Cut across the middle. So you're you're six one six. You're six foot six one. You don't weigh anything. Just cut across the middle, and you're fine. Next game I have up, we have the Washington Commanders, who are two and three, at the Atlanta Falcons, most notably of Andy's room. The Atlanta Falcons are two and three. They are a two and a half point favorite at home. Scott, who do you want in this game? Oh, Andy's room. Um. This will be a tip of the hand of the betting slip for this week because this is the game of the week for me. And we are taking the commanders over the Falcons on the road. Some faith. Zoo, who do you like here? I don't like anybody. (laughs) I don't like how i'm gonna feel during this game i don't like the odds i don't like how much we can't come back from a long week uh i feel like the falcons are gonna win this but i'm taking the commanders oh shit this makes it so much harder for me now i am also taking the commanders and Luis might save this whole thing because we have we've talked about our streak of all picking the same team and that team losing and now we did break that last week because we all picked the Jets and they thankfully held on there at the end but whatever other one we picked that was dead in the water somebody has to sacrifice so we'll see what happens it was really bad Oh, it was Bills and Jags, right? Yeah. Oh no, wait, no, uh, I no, I picked the Jags in that one. Hey. Oh. <laughs> That's when I was mad I didn't stick with my guts on that one. I know, I thank you for that. Oh. It's okay, I'm still eating. Next game next game up, we have the Indianapolis Colts, who are three and two at the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars, who are three and two. Jacksonville is a four and a half point favorite here at home. Colts just lost Anthony Richardson, Scott's boy. Lost him for potentially four to eight weeks. He's been injured four, four times in five weeks. He's had these injuries. My fantasy team is feeling it. Scott, who's going <laughs> to win this one? You know, if Anthony, if only Anthony Richardson were playing this week, then I still wouldn't pick the Colts. I'm going with the Jags. <laughs> Zoo, who do you want here? And remember, like we, like I just said, Anthony Richardson is not playing, so you know who is. That bad, that bad, bad mullet man, Gardner Minshew. It's a revenge game. It's a revenge game. He's coming back to Jacksonville for this. Does that change your mind? Minshew mania. Are we going to get the gunslinger Minshew or is he going to want to shave his stash and just 
hide from further embarrassment. Because of the inconsistency of that answer, I will take the stable Jaguars. <laughs> that, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> that was that was up there with this one. Uh, was that my sound? <laughs> That's you. <laughs> I. Uh, it's another one here. I'm rolling with the Jaguars. Three for three on Jacksonville. There, I just, I, I, I like Minshew. Minshew's playing well on that offense, but I think that Jaguars team is finally starting to catch fire. Offense is really getting it together. Christian Kirk has come alive, and that has helped tremendously with their receiver core and helped Calvin Ridley. Like they're, they're doing the thing that you should do, and they're doing the thing that I wish Washington would do which is force the ball into Terry's hands. However you have to do it. They're doing that with Calvin Ridley. They're giving him rushing attempts. They're giving little short screens, whatever you need to do to get the ball into the talented receivers hands. They're doing it with him and it's working out. So give me Jacksonville there. Next game. I have, I have the Seattle Seahawks who are three and one at the Cincinnati Bengals who are two and three. Cincinnati is a two and a half point favorite. Scott, Jamar Chase said he's always open. He's always fucking open. And he proved it last week. They came back to life a little bit. So who do you want in this one? Can they keep it up against the future Hall of Famer, Geno Smith? Mm. See, and with them being at home, that's what really throws a wrench into it. Because if they were on the road, I think it's an automatic Seattle victory. Uh, I don't know. Something just doesn't feel right with the Cincinnati team this year. And... I'll say it once. I'll say it again. In Gino, we trust for now and forever. So we're going with Seattle. Okay. Zoo. Scott saying in Gino and trust. In Gino, we trust words. I can make them. <laughs> um, I'm going to flip it to the other side of the ball. I think it's going to be Seattle's defense that wins it for them because, again, we don't know what's going on with that offense. Uh, Burrow just hasn't been able to get a flow going and with them having a decent D-line and a good backfield um, I think that's what's going to help the Seahawks secure a win this weekend I will lone wolf it on this one I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals I hope you're wrong I do agree with you about Seattle's defense Seattle's defense has been playing like really well Jaron Reed I think is the uh uh, leading tackle there he's playing out of his mind uh but Cincinnati I liked how they looked last year Joe or last week Joe looked much more like himself like that calf wasn't hurting him and he even said after the game that this is the best he's felt all season after a game and you can keep that connection I'm you all trust Gino and look I've learned to trust Gino I've learned to stop picking against him because he's Gino but Jamar Chase told me he's always open it's always fucking open, so I'm going with that again this week. Give me the Bengals. Are you going to fade yourself and take the under for every prop you can find for them? Goddamn right. <laughs> His Just, statement will stand that he's still open. Exactly. <laughs> the ball Look, won't go anywhere near him, but he's the, open. Chris Hogan used to say the same thing. They called him 7-Eleven. He's always open. So and he and what was was he a Hall of Famer? No, he was always open, but he just couldn't either catch the ball or you know quarterback would get it to him. I don't know. The Detroit Lions are four and one. They are at Scott's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are three and one. Detroit 
is a three-point favorite on the road, though. Scott, who are you taking? Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely not a shock at this point that the Buccaneers are exceeding my expectations. Of course, two of their wins come from the NFC North in the Vikings and the Bears. And as it stands currently, the Lions are currently 2-0 against the NFC South. So, <laughs> it's going to be Tampa Bay. <laughs> they're going to keep they're going to keep their domination of the uh, the NFC North going. Fair point. Fair point. Fair crit- uh look at it. Zoo Hair Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. Who do you want? This is going to be an exciting one. I think it's going to be really well balanced. A great matchup on offense and defense for both teams, but I feel like Grit will win in the end, so I'll take the Lions. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Dan grit. Campbell knows one thing. He's had grit. <laughs> I am I'm gonna roll with Scott. I think for the first time this year, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh I agree with you, Zoo, though. I think it's gonna be an exciting as hell game. I think it's gonna be a great matchup between two quarterbacks who people lost complete faith in, in Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. And by people, I mean me. And <laughs> now they're going to be going up against each other in this game. I think I'm looking for some great offense. I'm looking – it's just going to be a fun time. But Tampa Bay's defense, I trust a lot more. Vita Vea, I just can never get enough of. And I think that they will give that really good Detroit O-line a run for its money, stuff it up just enough, make enough problems – to secure a win as long as Baker can hang in there. And he's playing great. It'll be an exciting game. I can't wait to watch highlights of it because, of course, they'll probably be putting, like, fucking Raiders Patriots on instead because <laughs> I don't have red zone. Final game of the week, one that we can all watch. It'll be on Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys, who are 3-2 and two, and the talk of the talk of the media this week, at the L.A. Chargers, who are 2-2. Two and two. Dallas is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Scott, your thoughts on what the Cowboys are right now, what Dak Prescott is. They we were expecting an exciting game last week against the 49ers, and holy shit, is San Francisco good. <laughs> like they lit their ass up in every direction. So you trying to make me mad? Yeah. <laughs> you you try to piss me off, you did really good. You tried to piss me off. I appreciate that. Thank you. Now he's just crying. Possibly getting traded. Who? I don't know. I don't know. Scott, what do you what do you think about the Cowboys and who's winning this game? Um, one word comes to mind when I think Cowboys, and I think it's frauds. Absolute frauds. You look at their season so far. Yes, they're three and two, but their three wins were against the Giants week one, and we all see what the Giants are. We know exactly what they're about. Then they beat the Jets, who we all know who the, what the Jets are doing right now, and then the Patriots. Three very bad football teams right now. Yes, you get crushed by the Niners on the road, but you also lose the Cardinals on the road. That's probably the most embarrassing stat. And I am going to stand hand-in-hand with George Kittle and say, fuck Dallas, and we're going with the Chargers. George Kittle became my favorite tight end in the league just because of that. (laughs) Zaher, who do you want? Yeah, they don't do well with fresh air. I feel like the Cowboys offense versus Chargers defense is what might be the stale part of this game. But I am excited to see how Herbert takes on the Cowboys defense. Uh, So with that, I'm going to take the Chargers. I 
am taking the Dallas Cowboys in this one. I'm, I'm straying from the pack again here. Uh, look, I agree with you, Scott. We know we it's Stephen A. Smith. If he's right about anything every year, it's that the Cowboys are always going to do what the Cowboys do. And they're going to show you who they really are. They are frauds. They fell apart a little faster, and we see what's going to happen in the playoffs. Even though Michael Parsons said he's taking it personal, and you'll find you know find out you know in the postseason. But I still think their defense is really solid. I think their defense will do enough to fluster Justin Herbert. I think Dak will rebound this game. It's a good defense for it to happen, and I still think Dak is a really good quarterback. I don't think he is what that 49ers defense is just too much. It's too much for most people, and. With all the trade talks surrounding like CeeDee Lamb, with complaints about his targets, and all this, I bet they feed him this week. And it's going to be a huge showing from Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb in this game. That's going to lead to a Cowboys win and the end of our Ricks versus Gricks. Commanders just like wave the white flag for that Niners game. I just just don't want to watch it. Yeah, I'm good on that one. Uh-oh. Everybody knows when Ricks versus Gricks ends and some epic music starts to play. Oh, it used to be the Detroit Lions Memorial betting slip, but not anymore because we found out the ga- NFL gambling rules and we have... Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley betting slip. The Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley Memorial betting slip. I have not slip. stayed Calvin here long enough Ridley. to ever hear that. Calvin it's back. So, Scott, with the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip. <laughs> it is our honor to the god of sports gambling, Calvin Ridley who graced us last year with a full year suspension due to betting a 15-game parlay or 15-pick parlay, something like that. This music is epic. My voice is epic. And we honor him by putting together Scott's Locks every week. He will give you a betting slip that has been getting better every week, I think, as, you know, before last week. Scott Zoo's already got the betting slip there. So, Scott, how'd you do last week, and what do you have for us this week? Uh, last week, we were a measly six for six and six. <laughs> well. <laughs> so we took a little bit of a skid. Uh, first off, we took the Bills. with their with, they, they beat the Jags, what, 20? Oh, they lost the Jags 25 to 20, and I took that minus five and a half. So that was nice. And then... Uh, took the over one and a half passing touchdowns for CJ Stroud that didn't hit the over 64 and a half rushing uh, receiving yards for Chris Olave that didn't hit. And then Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns, Zach Wilson over one and a half touchdowns and Ertz over 30 and a half receiving yards. Now the number that you miss should be the number that you bet. That's a Ooh. good. That's a good add-in for next year. We'll just keep. We're gonna keep adding things every season. That like makes it. this more complicated for you. <laughs> it's, it's already a pain in the ass because I got to remember what teams that I haven't picked yet already. Because like, how much do you? How much do you typically bet? Like what ten bucks? 
Uh, well, for those at home who are repeat listeners to the show, know that this is a $10 parlay. Okay, that's what I thought. That can win us thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, so if you have six losses, you should just make it 16 bucks and then like adjust Ooh, it accordingly. Add a dollar per, so $10 is the base, and then for every yeah. one I miss is an extra dollar. Okay. Yeah. You should have told me that before I put the bet in. But we got next week. We got, yeah, we got next week, but I'm more concerned about this week, Reed, because this is where, this is where, we put our Lord and Savior, Calvin Ridley's name, in the forefront of everyone's minds, and we finally do him justice, and we're hitting this. this we're is hitting where this I'm this hot. week. This is where I'm hot. <laughs> like I said, we already you already know one pick. We're taking the Commanders over the Falcons. Yeah. On the road. And then rolling into it, we're taking the over 51 and a half receiving yards for Mark Andrews of the Ravens against the Titans. Yeah. We're taking over 68 and a half r- rushing yards for CMC, Christian McCaffrey, over the Browns. Oh, yeah. Staying with the rushing yards, I feel like this guy's about to explode this week, and that's Raheem Mostert of the Dolphins with over 69 and a half rushing yards. It's one o'clock. You know what that means, Reed, on a Sunday? Oh. It's brunch time, Kirk. Yeah. And- and he's in the over one and a half rushing yards, not touchdowns. He's getting over one and a half rushing yards this week. We're going to take the over one and a half to passing kill. touch. Say it one more time. I said his wife's going to have him dressed to kill. Oh, he better be out there with his change. I, I need to see Big Kirko come out. That's what I need. Uh, Trevor Lawrence over one and a half passing touchdowns. Joe Burrow also over one and a half passing touchdowns. CJ Stroud. Also over one and a half passing touchdowns this week. Yes, that's three. Mac Jones line is also one and a half passing touchdowns, but we're taking the under. Yeah. Under one and a half passing touchdowns for Mac Jones. This one usually pays off really well. It's Zach Wilson's passing touchdown prop, and it's over a half of a touchdown. So all he needs is one. He can get one. I have faith he can get one. Uh, Cooper Cup looks like he'll be back this week against the Cardinals. His line for receiving yard is 86 and a half. I have him at the under. I don't see him trying to come out and really putting his body on the line just yet. It's the Cardinals. He was great with the checkdowns and just working in space last week. Yeah, and he was right. he was getting some really good deep shots last week. Right. I just think it with the Cardinals, like you don't need him to be the guy. You have plenty of other weapons on that side. So um look, you have a still space have- engineer oh, on the other side and Josh Dobbs. You've got to be careful with them. <laughs> You know Brian Robinson got shot? Well, really? What are some more NFL facts that just keep getting <laughs> that get that are guaranteed to get shot out at the start of a game? Oh no. Tom Brady has a Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift. No. Allegedly. Did you know who Jalen Hurd squat six hundred pounds? Julian Edelman is a first one to work, last one out kind of guy. Lunch pail kind of guy. Real gritty. Very gritty. Chris Collinsworth loves Patrick Mahomes. Sean Watson loves massages. Taylor well, Heineke slept on his sister's couch. <laughs> Zach Wilson slept on that sister's mom's couch. Ooh, get him. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, for, for the game that we have coming up, Saquon Barkley has the legs of a god in the Giants and Bills game, or I'm taking the over 43 and a half receiving yards for Gabe Davis. I feel like we haven't gotten the quintessential Gabe Davis game yet. 
and this might be it. He, yeah, he's warming up because he had a he had a semi he had a pregame kind of Gabe Davis game a couple weeks ago against I don't Washington. Like how we actually. go from Deshaun Watson talk to talking yeah, about semis? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, it's a. And to round out the betting slip, we're taking the over 47 and a half rushing yards for Rashad White of the Buccaneers over the Lions. And to repair, this is a $10 wager that will win us $26,408.67 when it hits on Sunday. I believe in it. I believe in Calvin. We I need to start making a shrine to Calvin. That's what I need to do. That's what we need. We need a Calvin Ridley helmet. We need Calvin Ridley on the show. I don't know if he would appreciate this. Calvin Trinley. <laughs> Can we just take a snip, like just take a clip from the show of this and just send it to him? Just every, all three of us just compliment Calvin Ridley on something that we love about him. I love his hair. I think Calvin Ridley's hair is some of the best in the NFL. Ooh, it's great hands. Um, and he, he's he's one of the few people that actually rocks the number zero. I hate the number zero on everybody else. Ooh. I was gonna say I love his uniform, but you kind of snagged that. I, look, he looks great in it. We love Calvin Ridley in uniform. And maybe out. Can uniform. I just say that I love Calvin Ridley? I yeah. just love him. We all look okay on three. We all you say love I, his betting slips. On three, on three, we all say I love you, Calvin Ridley. Okay, and this will work great through Zoom. Three, two, one. We love, we love you, you, Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Great way yeah. to end. <laughs> this has been Ricks versus Gricks in the Calvin Ridley Memorial Betting Slip. As always, I love and appreciate these two here. Scott Elia of the 323 College Shame Day. You can catch it every Saturday morning, sometimes a little early on Friday nights on the podcast feed. But the 323 Network on YouTube is where you go to watch his and I. I'm there pretty often. Our beautiful faces giving you like the, he's giving you the best college football expertise that you can ask for. Go check it out. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. And there's going to be some real fun stuff to talk about this week. I can't. I really want to talk about the University of Miami and that kneel down with you. Oh. Or the non-kneel. We'll get into oh it. We have to. God. There's also Zahir Ali of the always brilliant animation deliberation podcast that you can find anywhere. Look at the fireworks right there. <laughs> I knew there was one more. Zoo, he what would you- be the one to let fireworks let off. What are you guys getting into tonight on the animation deliberation? Um, we're talking Jujutsu Kaisen. It's been a very interesting season, too. Very action-packed. Mappa's doing a very interesting job with that. Um, and yeah, it's it's been a little quieter. We've been having, like, two shows a week and just a bunch of stuff going on. But with me being out of town so much, we've just been focusing on JJK, and it's been a good time. There we go. Go find it wherever you get podcasts, people. Of course, you can find me at 323Read on all social media. Subscribe to the 323 Network on YouTube to get the great visual component of this show. Until the next time. And of course, check out the YouTube page so that you can see an awesome interview that we have coming up with Jerome Wilson of DCB MMA to talk about all the great stuff in fighting and combat sports. It's really fun. It's really one of our most fun shows that we've done. And I'm excited for you guys to see it and hear it. 
for now, I am Reed Murphy. Stay safe, everyone. Love everybody. There's a lot of hate, a lot of shit going on. Try to keep your headspace, check your mental, do all the good stuff, and take care of yourself. We'll talk to you later, folks. Take us out, Calvin. I've been waiting for you to finish because I thought I left this in here. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>